and he's standing next to Joe Rogan, who should have been the one talking, should have been the one owning and dictating where that conversation went. Instead, Stephen A. Smith, like he always does, goes on a tangent. And, you know, basically the big, like I said, the biggest problem I had with what he said was he called Cowboy a quitter. And then he said something that really proves that he hasn't been watching MMA and really doesn't watch fight like fights, even boxing, because and he, and he, he's had his fair share of, of commentary on boxing for ESPN as well. He said something that was really telling to me of that. Call him a quitter. And then he said, well, how come he couldn't just take a step back and, and take a breath and, and get himself straight? Right now. If my next door neighbor says that to me while we're, you know, if he if I go to a bar to watch UFC pay-per-view and they go, oh, hey, hey, Jim, how you doing? Yeah, come have a beer. And he sits down and he goes, oh, man, cowboy quit. Why couldn't he get it together? That's one thing. Right. But for a guy who gets paid millions of dollars to go on television every day and talk about sports, for him to say something like that just tells me that he hasn't done his research about the sport, doesn't know fighting, has never been hit before. Well, for one, he doesn't, he doesn't know Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, if you're talking about one person in the UFC who is, you could never label a quitter. And it was in a 40-second fight. Right. He quit in 40 seconds? That's not how this works. He got beat up. Yeah. And whether Cowboy says, well, I was Donald, I wasn't Cowboy, or I wasn't amped up, or whatever he says. Look, dude, at 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 the end of the day, Cowboy can say that, and that's him in his own brain trying to justify why he lost a big fight. At the end of the day, if 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 he lands that head kick on Connor and he wins, what's the conversation like then? Connor's a quitter, right? Right. What, what's the conversation like then? Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. The more you like, share, comment, and subscribe, the more people the algorithm pushes the show out to. So, if you like an episode or a video clip you see on the socials, share it around and give us some feedback. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about what might be the tipping point of the coronavirus pandemic, the Riverfront Times and their involvement with local bands and local businesses in the past and currently, and Stephen A. Smith and whether his comments on MMA are valid. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, don't hesitate to reach out on the social medias. You can reach us at the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at com. Lastly, don't forget about our newly revamped CEP shirts at buyjack.com slash CEP. This is the last week to get one of the new, limited edition, support local business shirts. These shirts are being printed to spread awareness about how important it is to be supporting local businesses right now. The profits from these shirts are going to be divided up into gift cards at Exit 6 Pub and Brewery in Cottleville, Missouri, and then be given to first responders, EMTs, nurses, and those on the front lines. So, buy a shirt and support local business and the heroes of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now... I'm sure you're tired of hearing me ramble, so let's get into the episode so you can hear Patrick ramble. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Cole Burkato, my co-host Patrick Blair and Skype Land with me. How's it going, man? Skype Land still. Skype Land still. One of these days. One of these days we'll be in the same room together. 
I don't know when that's going to be. I mean, I don't like you, but I feel like for the sake of the podcast, we should probably at least get one episode where we're not Skyping, but we'll figure it out. Well, this is episode 12. Did you, <laughs> did you think it would last this long? No. And are no. you having fun with it? <sighs> kind of calling for a new co-host here, but that's fine. Already? You're calling for a new co-host? Yeah. So, you're talking, so, so you're going to, you're, so, okay, if you do this, who's going to do all the behind the scenes stuff? Are you going to actually record everything? Oh, so you're saying you do the work is what you're saying. It was just a simple question. It, it's out there. <laughs> it's out there in the open. Well, if, I mean, anybody who's looking at the video, I am wearing headphones and you are not. You that, want me to put on headphones? No. That just, I will. No, that just tells people. Tells them that I'm not doing work? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we'll see about that. Okay. All What's right. been going on? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of COVID talk. I know. I get it. I said that in probably episode five or whatever, but, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that to not talk about it on the podcast. I'm just saying, I feel like <clears throat> in the podcast, like the inner the sources of entertainment that I I have on a regular basis, and especially during this process where I'm home. More often than not, mm-hmm. I am really annoyed with how some of the people that I enjoy listening to usually, mm-hmm. I'm really annoyed at their their stance on Corona and like their opinions, and not like not like the opinion of like we should get back to work or they should stop protesting or you should grocery store or you should wear a mask more of the opinions like if they came home from work or if they're wearing a mask or if they don't go to the store or if they don't go out in public they're pussies you'd be surprised how many people i've heard not in those words say that but somewhat so do you think it's like spread even do you think that most of the people who think there's just as much people saying let's get over this thing let's people being pussies because they're not going out in public without masks on and stuff. I think that's about the same amount of people as the people who are still freaking out about it. Mm. Or do you think it's start, it's like a tilt or like a tipping point. Everything's kind of starting to flip. I think everything's starting to flip, but you know, uh, I just take, taking that approach, just, you know, people are in a, in a, in a sense, like they're kind of just blowing it off. Like it's not a big deal. And I kind of thought we were all past it. Like, oh, that's a pretty big deal. Right. It's killed far more people since the beginning of January than the flu has in the past few years. So it seems, and and was it did the rapid rise of numbers seems to be concerning. It should be concerning to everyone, but this whole approach, like yeah, yeah, I'm I, I don't have it, so I'm not worried about it. Everybody else could be in pussies. I, I don't know. I'm not going to name names as to who's talking like that, but there are quite a few people that I'm like, oh wow, I don't know why you're. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why you're going at it like that, but that's fine. Cool. I'll tune in next time. Gonna turn you off now. Turn turn it off. See see how easy that is. Everyone, if you don't like it, just turn it off. <laughs> I'm not offended. I don't like it, so I turned it off. <laughs> now I'm talking to you about it. Are you in St. Louis County? I am. As of January, I was in the city, but now we're we're county folk now, old suburbanites. Okay, so what is because that. From what I've seen, like St. Charles County and St. Louis County are doing two different things as far as how the reopening businesses and stuff like that goes. Is that right? 
Probably. I, I didn't. Today's the first day in a while I didn't turn on the news and uh, look at stats and look at numbers and what's going on. But that, that probably that's typically how it happens. So, yeah, they're two different worlds. That's you know? true. Yeah, I just so. the the reason the reason why I brought that up is because I just seen before we got on uh, on here talking that uh, our friend Kyle Dent with Shamrock's Pub up in St. Charles, St. Peter's, yeah. posted and was saying that uh, River or he, actually he posted the article that R- Riverfront Times posted and basically they're calling everybody assholes because they because they are opening up. Or no, I'm sorry, not assholes, dumbasses, is what the article read. And apparently they pulled stuff from an interview that Kyle did and used that in their article. So the it's, RFT. Yeah, the RFT. Mm, shocking. Yeah, I'm guessing you're not a fan. No. Um, it, you know, here recently it seems like they've been doing a lot of more like harsh opinions towards things. I never, I, I guess I never really. Just now? Well, okay. I never really knew what Riverfront Times was. I heard it here and there, but now I actually follow it on social media. And when they actually post articles and stuff, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Like it's been around for a long time. Was, was the article next to an article about the top 10 places in St. Louis to get beard wax? <laughs> Because that's how I feel about the RFT. <laughs> that's well, that sucks for Kyle. Um, I, I'm I'm upset for for him. I hope he's upset. Nothing. There's obviously nothing he can do. Right. Well, well let, let me ask this: Were his quotes taken? Now I got to look it up. But were his quotes taken out of context? I don't know. We'd have to and look, then we'd put have into to... the RFT article out of context. We'd have to check. I don't know for sure. So. So restaurants, so they're basically the articles about how restaurants are dumbasses for opening up now. Right. What is, did they offer a solution? I'm sure they didn't. Oh, now I got to look it up. Now I have to. <laughs> did, did they offer a solution? Is, is anybody, well, is look, anybody I mean, offering a solution? No, they're not. They're giving their opinion and that's it. Well, then maybe you shouldn't call people dumbasses if you don't have a solution. Although I we'll can't pull it up. Was it from today? Like how, how recent was it? He just posted it. I don't have anything in front of me that I could use. Kyle posted it? Where? Yes, on his social media. All right. But I've seen it on Facebook. I don't know if he posted it on Instagram, and you don't have that good old Facebook. I Well, I have a... I, have a, shh. I found him. You said he posted it? Uh-huh. Uh, Probably his last post. He posted it and Shamrocks posted it. Damn it. Because we're not friends, I can't get... Oh, that sucks. I don't have any friends on Facebook. (laughs) I'm a ghost, but I'm there. How do you you even have an account? Is everything just set to private to where people can't friend you and stuff? Don't worry about it. Okay, sorry. Okay, now you have me curious, and I'm going to see. Yeah, you look... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I just found it. I'm going to try to do this... While recording, we're going to see if we make this work. All right, here we go. The Riverfront oh, Times posted this story the other day. At Shamrocks, we are full of St. Louis natives. We are proud of our roots in St. Louis and also proud to be a business in St. Charles. Is it going to be okay that we're reading this? Is he going to be okay with us reading this? I mean, he, he posted a very long post on social media, so mm-hmm. it's out there. I don't know why we... Okay. We love both of our communities. We support every brewery in St. Louis and are proud to help countless organizations and businesses. 
on that side of the river. The sad thing about this article is that it contradicts everything that they supposedly stand for, such as equality for everyone, no matter your sexual preference, race, or gender. Very true. Try to stand for that. Um, St. Charles plans to reopen next week like a bunch of dumbasses. See, now how do you take how do you take them seriously if that is the headline? That's what I'm talking about. That's why I can't stand them. Allow me to open up real quick and, and, and take a gander. And that's why that's why it's so weird to me. I'm like, how can that be a for one, it's not really even a clickbaity thing because it, it kind I mean, of it kind of is because you're curious on what they have to say. But if you if if you already like just reading that headline, you already know if you are going to agree or disagree with what they've got to say. Yeah. So, like, you're already going to shy half the audience away from it just because of that headline versus this is like, oh, well, maybe this is intriguing. Let me let me click on this and see. The whole region risks exposure just because some morons are horny to visit a Bass Pro Shop or whatever the hell they do out in the cultural void that is St. Charles. Aside from being absolutely covered with semen, that is semen spelled S-E-A-M-A-N. We thought that the whole appeal of Newtown was to never leave your neighborhood, and we were fine with that. Please just stay in your neighborhood, Newtowners. It's so great and all, right? Gyms, shops, pools, you never have to leave. Please, please don't leave. See, I mean, you know, if I was an editor at the Riverfront Times and this came on my desk or to my email inbox or whatever it was, I would respectfully read it and send it back to the person and say, hey, could you find a way to be less of a douchebag? <laughs> if you can't, then we're not going to print this. Right. Okay? I don't think the RFT's ever really been good to anything across the Missouri River. So this doesn't come as a, as a, a surprise to me. Um, and, of course, when you look up the writer of this, nothing comes up. Have you ever— and I won't say— have you ever had any dealings with the Riverfront Times as far as music goes? Do they ever do articles about bands or music or anything like that? Um, certain kinds of bands, yes. Meaning? Not all bands. Not all bands. So if you, let's put it this way. And people can correct me if I'm wrong. And I, I welcome an example that does prove me wrong. But um, if you're a band that has aspirations of being played on the radio or if you've ever been played on the radio and by the radio i mean our local radio station rock radio station that is the rft is going to shit on you seen it more than once i've experienced it more than once so what, yeah what's the point what's the point of what so you're saying that they only talk about certain kinds of bands and those bands are the ones that are actually trying to make it and actually have aspirations of being played on the radio uh well they talk about those bands in a bad way okay yeah so the other ones that are too cool to be on the radio and prefer to have only 10 people at their shows because okay. that's cool that's I hip that's underground those right bands, those bands get, well, well <laughs> those bands get praised by the rft now huh. again if anyone can prove me wrong, please, please send me something in the RFT that that talked positively about any of the bigger bands 
besides The Urge, any of the bigger bands that have come out of St. Louis, please direct me. Now, I know there have been occasions where, uh, well, no, I don't, I don't know of occasions where. I've seen plenty of negative things that, again, have shit on popular, and I'm using air quotes for those that are listening, popular bands. So, I don't know. Well, this shines a new light on the RFT for me, and I'll and I'm glad. They tend to they tend to uh, they 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 tend to follow the like you said use the word underground, but uh, stick very closely to the less known alternative and punk bands in St. Louis, which I'm all for. I think that's great. Those I, I, I'm all about getting people exposure, but it's one thing to do that, and then it's another thing to take a band who has a considerable amount of followers, considerable about considerable amount of popularity and you know, you know, do a review about them and call them generic and you know, basically say that it's, you know, you you get where I'm going with this. It's right. it's the whole butt rock <laughs> butt rock stereotype or pop stereotype or anything like that. If you want to play popular music, well then you must be a sellout. You must not be a good musician. You, everything's generic, this and that. So, so do you think that's because you think that's because the writers for RFT or certain writers that's who they're connected to in the St. Louis scene, and that's why they feel that way, or is there? Do you think there's a real reasoning behind why they cater to one side versus the other? I mean, I would. I can't speak to the writers. I can like kind of like that social media post I just read, I think they try to stick to unifying all cultures, all people, all walks of life into one thing. We are St. Louis. We are united. We are a group of people. doesn't matter who you are. Now that may be their, their, their mission statement. However, it seems to me for a very long time, writers have gotten away with just being critics, not really offering anything positive, just like the article I just read, offering just criticism, trying to be tongue-in-cheek, but in a very sort of um, douchey way. You know, to me, there's n- <laughs> to me there's nothing fun. Like, the idea that, like, oh, what do people do in St. Charles? Just go to Bass Pro Shops? Wow. <laughs> I liked that joke the first time I heard it in 1998. <laughs> it is 2020. We need to move on. Right? You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. It's just I don't know, man. It's just it, clickbaity, and and I find that uh, I would imagine that a lot of the writers there are the same people that comment on YouTube posts, and probably follow some of those troll casts we've been talking about. I'm say, do you because think they're trolls? The same, the same kind of writing. It's the same kind of material, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Well, I feel bad for anyone in St. Charles that gets to reopen, and was just. Um, you know what? It doesn't matter. That article doesn't hold any weight anyway. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to change anything. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, but. You do some writing also, correct? We don't have to say who for or anything like that if you don't want to. I do. Yeah. It is Do you cover the gamut on all sports or just a few? Just MMA and boxing. That's it. Just okay. You don't do baseball or anything like that? Why did I think I'd seen no. an article like that? No, I used to I used to write for a website where I did hockey and combat sports. Then I worked for at the same time worked for a music website 
or I did, I, I didn't get to pick what I did. I just did, I did like breaking new stuff Okay. for a music website. And then now I just, I write for a website doing combat sports. I could do any, what I could do anything I want to be honest, but no, I, I stick to my, my MMA and boxing. I like it. It's, um, well, also anyone can write about baseball. Anyone can write about football. There are plenty of football writers, baseball writers. They all do a great job. I started writing about MMA. This is, you know, it's been six years now when I started, probably. Um, so MMA was still very much a growing sport right. when I started. Still is, obviously. But um, so I wanted to do something that I still felt was sort of uh, on the rise that I could kind of jump in on. So, yeah. And also the writing that I do. I don't write opinionated pieces. All right. Well, that's kind statistical, of statistical, like factual stuff. Right. That's you know, kind of the but, angle that I wanted to go because I've read some of the stuff that you've wrote and it's not, it's not opinion based. It's, you know, you, but, nah. but you still are able to not really give your opinion, but kind of show a little bias, I guess. I know, I know that's something you try not to, but I mean, when it comes to something that you're passionate about, like MMA, it, it's, it's gotta be hard to you know, not, not kind of shine a little bit more of a light on one side than the other. Yeah, no, I mean, there are a couple of times where I've, I haven't shown bias necessarily, but I've given an, my opinion on something like, uh, for instance, I wrote when I, when Stipe and DC were going to fight their second fight, when I wrote a preview to that, I kind of stated that I felt Stipe was an underappreciated champion, you know, by a lot of MMA media. And just, you know, generally speaking, I felt like, he was kind of overlooked in the talks of best heavyweight in the UFC. Um, so I gave my opinion on that. I mean, I did write an article. Uh, now, I, I am a homer for this, but I did write an article solely about how I thought Tyrone Woodley was an underappreciated champion, not only by MMA media, but also by the UFC. Um, so I wrote something like that. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't I don't give my opinion. Like, I don't make predictions. I don't... Um, you know, I try to stay as factual and on base as, as possible. Um, I certainly don't criticize the fighters. Right. I don't criticize the UFC. You know, I'll talk about how the UFC is a business. They like to stick to business. So um, the reason we saw said fight was because it's good for business. Is that my opinion? Yes. But if you follow the sport close enough, you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you, you know. if you think about, if you look at the trend, yes, right. that's, that um, makes it a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I would certainly never, ever, ever in a million years criticize or shit on a fighter. Uh, especially when writing like some people we know. Right. Did you, I can't imagine who you're, who you're talking about. <laughs> he likes to scream a lot to get his point across. Yeah. He thinks that if he just yells, what he's saying is true. You know, it's, it's a matter of fact, because if you yell it, people don't believe it, right? <laughs> I know it's probably not a good impression, but you get what I'm going. You get where I'm going. Did you actually read? Did you actually, well, did you actually hear what Cowboys said? It was his interview with uh, Okamoto or and he, Pawani? Is this the same thing that he, he said that he, that uh, Donald was in the fight, Cowboy wasn't? And he just couldn't get himself yeah. fired up and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you read that. You heard yes. that. Yes. 
So Screamin' A. Smith responded once he saw that and said, does now everyone think I'm out of my mind for saying that all the things he said about Cowboy after he lost to Connor? You know, the biggest the biggest issue that I took with what he said, first of all, I don't like the dude. I never have liked the guy. I'm never going to like the guy. Let's, He's let, never going let, to- let's describe who he is before anybody who might not know. He is an analyst yeah. for... A cultural icon at this point, but yeah, he's a uh, well, he's a talking head, and I don't call him an analyst anymore either. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, when you he's he it's his bread is but his bread and butter have been or has been on these shows that all they do are criticize athletes. Yeah, but, but you, who, may, you who, may point out some stats every once in a while, but anyway, so we're talking about Stephen A. Smith, who works specifically for who. ESPN. Okay, that's what I thought. So he is on the show First Take. Yeah. He has his own podcast, his own radio show. He started out as a basketball writer, you know, basketball analyst. But now, I mean, he's the highest paid, most popular person on the channel because his his shtick has always been I'm going to get on in, I'm going to get in front of a camera, I'm going to be across the table from another dude and we're just going to argue. We're just going to it's like Fox News but about sports. We're just going to argue. We're just going to yell, going to yell over the top of each other. We're going to give our opinions, and at times, we're going to armchair quarterback the situation, and we're going to shit on athletes. That's just what they do, um, you know. So now, because the UFC has this deal with ESPN, they got to bring him in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 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 a he's a face for the company. I mean, people do know the guy. He is a popular guy. Again, not my cup of tea, but he is a popular guy. So for that UFC pay-per-view, when Cowboy fought Connor, he was a part of the commentary, uh, the post-fight commentary, mm-hmm. right? So he got on and for 10 minutes straight, shit on Cowboy. I, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating when I say it's 10 minutes, but it was long. And he's standing next to Joe Rogan, who should have been the one talking, should have been the one owning and dictating where that conversation went. Instead, Stephen A. Smith, like he always does, goes on a tangent. And, you know, basically, the big, like I said, the biggest problem I had with what he said was he called Cowboy a quitter. And then he said something that really proves that he hasn't been watching MMA and really doesn't watch fight, like fights, even boxing. Because and he, and he's had his fair share of, of commentary on boxing for ESPN as well. He said something that was really telling to me of that. Call him a quitter. And then he said, well, how come he couldn't just take a step back and and take a breath and, and get himself straight? Right now. If my next door neighbor says that to me while we're, you know, if he if I go to a bar to watch UFC pay-per-view and they go, oh, hey, hey, Jim, how you doing? Yeah, come have a beer. And he sits down and he goes, oh, man, cowboy quit. Why couldn't he get it together? That's one thing. Right. But for a guy who gets paid millions of dollars to go on television every day and talk about sports, for him to say something like that just tells me that he hasn't done his research about the sport, doesn't know fighting, has never been hit before. Well, for one, he doesn't, he doesn't know Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, if exactly. you're talking about one person in the UFC who is, you could never label a quitter. And okay. it was in a 40-second fight. Right. He quit in 40 seconds? That's he not how this got- works. He got beat up. Yeah. And whether Cowboy says, well, I was Donald, I wasn't Cowboy, or I wasn't 
amped up or whatever he says. Look, dude, at the, at the, at the end of the day, Cowboy can say that, and that's him in his own brain trying to justify why he lost a big fight. At the end of the day, if, if, if he lands that head kick on Connor and he wins, what's the conversation like then? Connor's a quitter? Right. Right? What, what's the conversation like then? So, yeah, it just tells me that he didn't do his research. He doesn't know he doesn't know what he's talking about, but also that's just not how you talk about fighters. You don't criticize fighters. Yeah. It's a different sport, man. It's not the NBA. Yeah. It's not LeBron taking five minutes of the fourth, the fourth quarter off when they have a a 15 point lead. It's not, you know, uh, it's, it's not Dak Prescott throwing an incomplete pass in the first quarter in the red zone. You know what I mean? Like all of these other things, it's not Tom Brady dropping a pass in the Super Bowl in the first quarter of the game. It didn't determine the game. That drop pass didn't decide anything, you know. So to go on and on about those things, but then it just one doesn't relate to the other. So you can't you well, you shouldn't can't say you can't. He has and he will again, but you shouldn't talk about fighters that way. MMA fighters or boxers. You know, uh, he dude for so long, for so long, when Manny Pacquiao got knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez in their third fight, I think it was their third fight. And it was one of the most brutal knockouts in boxing history. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But after that knockout, there was there were the talks of Manny finally fighting Floyd. That guy went on television and anytime the topic went out, he went came up or anytime the topic came up, he went out of his way. To try to embarrass Manny Pacquiao for getting knocked out like that. Oh, he's still asleep. He's still asleep. <laughs> and it's not like it's like again, it's not like I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings with my neighbor talking shit. Right. You're on television talking about one of the most important boxers to boxing history ever. Right. But you have nothing good to say about him, and all you can do is is ridicule him and criticize his performance and and and, and try to embarrass him in a way that makes you look bad. Now. Do Floyd May- Floyd Mayweather fans thinks he think he look looks bad in that situation? Nope, nope. Do other armchair quarterbacks in the sports world think he looks bad? Nope. I do. You know, I just fighters are a different thing. I don't know. What do you think? Well, you know, you've you've brought up multiple times how it kind of, for one, this is a different sport. It's just it's different than all those other things. But casual the casual fan of MMA is a real thing especially with the UFC. And that's who I can, a lot of that who I consider is the guy you're talking about that when you're at the bar and he comes over, oh, Cowboy quit, this, that, and the other. That's a casual fan. Now, when Steve A. Smith says something and shits all over someone for getting knocked out in a fight or whatever, that's what people who, the casual fan who don't actually watch the full fight, all they see is the, the headline and the clip of that person getting knocked out. Now right. they're going to go with what Stephen A. Smith says, and that's just going to be a domino effect. They're going to tell other people that, and that's how it's going to go. But that's yeah, where, that's yeah. where the, cas- the casual fan comes in. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that if do even on sports, do your research and watch full clips and things like that bef- and make your own opinions off of stuff before you just spout out what somebody else says. Yeah, well, that was one of the things he said, too. So in his response, so 
we gotta we gotta back up. So after he said this, it was all over, all over the internet, all over social media. It was all it was all over everything. And what happened was is Josh Thompson, former fighter, former mm-hmm. UFC fighter, yep. went on Joe Rogan's podcast and called him out for it. But this is after Stephen A. Smith posted a video of himself hitting mitts. Oh yeah, I did see this. No. I'm no fighter. But if I posted a video of myself hitting mitts like that, I would expect every single one of my friends to go, hey, bro, you look ridiculous. And you're not allowed to ever talk about MMA on your podcast again. You're not allowed to write about it, period. You know what? You don't see of me videos of me hitting mitts anywhere. Anywhere. So, like, anyway, if you don't know, go out and just – YouTube or Google Stephen A. Smith hitting mitts. You'll see it. Now, th- this uh, this not, happened in the midst of his little beef with Rogan also, right? Before. Now, this is before. This is before, okay. So he talks shit about Cowboy. The next, the following week, he posts a video. And I, it was a little bit bizarre. It felt like it was calculated and sort of premeditated that he knew that I went on this long tangent. It's probably going to go viral, so I should probably post a video that makes me look like I know what I'm talking about. Now... You posting a video of you punching babies in the head? <laughs> what what were the imaginary things he was punching? Anyway, um, that wasn't the best idea. So Josh Thompson goes on Joe Rogan's podcast and brings up the video of him hitting mitts. And then they start laughing about it. And then Josh Thompson says, hey, you he's wrong. You can't talk about fighters this way. It's just not how the sport works. And then Joe Rogan gave his his opinion saying, yeah, it's bad for the sport. It's bad for ESPN. It's bad for everyone. So Stephen A. Smith responded, and you know, in typical Stephen A. Smith fashion, he he avoided the real the real the real issue, which is I went on I went on television after a huge pay per view and disparaged a fighter's performance in a way that I was trying to take something away from him. Right, I was trying to shame him in a way that would hurt him, his image in the future. I don't, he can he can phrase it he can call it what he what he wants but that's that's what I saw that's what a lot of people heard saw and heard so he avoided that whole thing in his response to Joe Rogan in his response to Joe Rogan one of the things that really bothered me he had to sort of he had to sort of justify what he said by saying well I've been a sports journalist for over 25 years I've covered all sports including fighting so I have a right to say what I want well no. You've been a journalist for a long time, but the latter part of your career, which is what we're talking about, you have not been a journalist necessarily. You've been a talking head. There's a huge difference between the two. Okay, You have been a critic. It's, it's essentially someone going out and saying, don't go see Fast and Furious 12. Which, which one are we on now? How many have there been? You know. I, I don't know, actually. Don't, don't go out and see Fast and Furious 12 because it sucks. And that's it. That's all you say. So that's what he's doing. And, you know, it's such an irrelevant thing to say, especially in response to Joe Rogan, who has been covering the sport longer, hasn't fought MMA, but has fought, has a mixed martial arts background. He's studied all of it. So for you to for you to come back to his argument saying, well, I've been a journalist longer than you, so I have a right to say what I want to say. Yeah, you're missing. The, the point is you don't have a right to say what you want to say about fighters unless you want people to think you're a douchebag. You know, 
Um, and not only that, if you want people to sort of have a sort of combative response to everything you say about MMA in the future, which is what he wants. It's, yeah. it's about dollar signs. And, you know, he's he's stirred up enough shit that the next time he's on a pay-per-view, the next time he's on TV talking about anything MMA related, people are going to expect him to do it again. Mm-hmm. And they're going to tune in to find out. So, again, th- this whole cycle of, of, of talking shit, putting it out in the open, it, it does its purpose. Just like when we were talking about people going on a podcast and hating on other people's material. It, it does its job for, for that said, said person. So, but no, Cowboy saying what he said doesn't vindicate you at all. You know, right. You still call him a quitter and you know, he's not a quitter. He got head kicked by one of the most ferocious fighters in, in the sport. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know how to quit because he didn't know where he was. Right. Plain and simple. Like someone who gets head kicked like that doesn't quit. You know, they they get beat. They get beat up. And that's what happened to Cowboy. And he to be honest with you, he got beat up before even before the head kick. His shoulder strikes broke his nose, broke his orbital bone. Right. Now listen. If he wanted to quit, he could have quit after that. He could have tapped counter on the shoulder and said, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You broke my nose, you broke my orbital bone. Tap him on the shoulder, taps out, I'm done. He didn't quit. He kept fighting. He got head kicked. He got finished. You know, and the other thing that he never talked about and even Joe Rogan and Josh Thompson never talked about was he kept rolling around and he kept trying to stay in that fight. Yeah, he was defending himself. He wasn't punching back. He wasn't he wasn't throwing anything back. But you know what? He kept rolling. He was trying to make that go on as long as he could. Mm -hmm. And Herb Dean was the ref and Herb gave him every opportunity to show him something that says, "Okay, I'm not going to stop the fight because you're fighting back. That went on probably five seconds longer than it needed to. Right. There were a couple of extra shots landed in there that, you know, probably didn't need to happen. But Herb knows that Cowboy's not a quitter. Right. He's a warrior. Herb knows this. He's going to give him every chance. And that's right. exactly what happened. They didn't talk about that either. He didn't talk about that either. So, Have you ever heard Herb Dean get criticism before for stopping fights too early? Yeah. Do you think that that's in the back of his head or do you think he cares? Um, I think it's in every... I think it's in every the back of every ref's head somewhat when they're yeah it's a tough that's a tough job you know um but he went on rogan after that and talked about it too because it was after he went on he went on rogan after the um robbie lawler ben Askren fight oh okay which is one of the ones that he gets criticized about the most Uh but herb's one of the best refs in the sport period um but it's one of the ones he gets criticized the most about because you know Robbie's hand drops and it looks like he's out when Herb calls it. He wait, you I mean, he's there. He's, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, everybody thought he was out when in, in the moment, everyone thought that he was out. Right. It happens. You know, what can you do? And, and Robbie, the class act that he is, was like, Herb, you're one of the best. What didn't, didn't, you know, at first he was like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm fine. But you know, while he was still in the octagon, he was like, Herb, don't worry about it. It's not your fault type of thing so but you know but that's also one of those scenarios where if it if it would went the opposite way and Herb would have let it go for another five seconds and then when Askren let go and Robbie just fell on his face then everybody would have said that he held he it was too long he should have called the fight five seconds sooner but I don't know if a lot of people say that because it's Robbie Lawler you know well okay I just mean in general in fights 
I, I know, yeah, I know well, some fighters it, that, that changes. Yeah, it matters. It, it does. No, it for sure matters. But when it's a former champion who, I mean, Jesus has been in one of the biggest wars in the history of MMA, never quit in that fight. And even, even in fact was yelling at big John McCarthy to get away from him. I'm fine. Right. After he just got head kicked three times, a couple uppercuts, a couple of flying knees. It's a little bit different in that fight. Sure. I don't think he would be criticized for that, but yeah, no, for lesser known fighters or guys who have not proven that they can withstand the punishment. Sure. He'd probably get that criticism, but not from Stephen A. Smith though. <laughs> I'm just, you know, that it, I don't know if we've talked about this, but the reason that he, he's always bothered me so much is yeah, I get why people think he's entertaining. My biggest problem with this, he, this attitude where he like talks down to people, especially women who work for ESPN, that has always rubbed me the wrong way. I just, um, so he's my mean, wife you mean probably, like in this debate and it's debate type thing is what you're saying. Like you said that he not gets even on in debates in just a simple exchange of I'm the lead anchor on ESPN right now. We're going to shift our coverage over to Stephen A. Smith and they'll ask him a question. And his answer is always very condescending. It has a very mocking tone. Like, I can't believe this bitch is asking me this question okay. like that. I swear it, you, now maybe I'm crazy and maybe I'm obsessing over it too much, but I've just all in, even back when he wasn't famous and it wasn't Stephen A. Smith, the Stephen A. Smith of today, when he first started, when I first started seeing him on ESPN covering the NBA, I would always be like, God, what's this guy's, what's his attitude about? Like it was a very, and, um, that always rubbed me the wrong way. And it, it was just a very high and mighty sort of looking down upon who he's working with, just talking, just talking down to them. Um, it always bugged me. My wife would actually think this is funny because she thinks I'm kind of sexist. So the fact that I'm sticking up for women would probably make her happy, but, um, I am a little bit sexist, but, um, I would never talk down to a woman on television like that. That's crazy. Wouldn't talk down to a woman, period. And I'm just saying. She thinks I'm sexist because I don't like female comedians, really. Okay. She uh, thinks it's because they're female. I have other reasons. She just, she's, she's seeing it that way. Yeah. Okay. She's Wait, never heard me laugh at a female comedian. I so get it. I get why she, I get why she thinks I'm sexist. I'm really not. But that's why he's always bugged me. You know, and I, again, I, I'm sure this is something you can verify for yourself. You can go look up, you know, Stephen A. Smith. I don't know. Um, Stephen A. Smith being mean to his coworkers. Forget about even saying being a dick or like Stephen A. Smith being condescending to women or something like that. I don't know. That's why he's always bothered me. And then again, these these talking head shows where it's just it's not for me. It's not for me just the yelling over each other and these weird opinions. So his show has been going crazy over the, um, the last chance, the show about the bulls, Michael Jordan, last dance. Last is dance. that what you said? I say? The last chance. I think so. Last dance. Sorry. I was like, I don't know what um, you're talking about. <laughs> the last, the last dance. Um, <laughs> no, of course his opinions matter when it mm -hmm. comes to this show. You said you've been watching it. What do you think? As far as, his opinions or just the no, show just in general, the, just the show, the show in general. I enjoy it. I mean, it's, it, it's a, if you grew up in that time, it's a very nostalgic show. Just, you know, just clips from these games and stuff like that. But it's, it's, 
I'm I really like it because you're getting a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you may not have that you know the the casual fan might not have known when it yeah. com- when it comes to you know talking about Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and you know those guys which is about as far as it's gotten so far but they're like four episodes in right yes so I haven't watched it yet because I'm kind of waiting for the the buzz to kind of die down a little bit mm-hmm. but I'm I'm going to watch it because um, that's you know I lived through that that was I mean that was my childhood mm-hmm. and the NBA so yeah I mean it's but I've heard I've just heard weird arguments and of course it it brings up this stupid argument about who's the goat MJ or LeBron it's such a dumb argument and of course yeah. Stephen Smith had to talk he, and that's all they've been talking about but the one thing the one takeaway that people should have from that documentary and I only know this because I've heard descriptions of it and I know this because I watched Michael Jordan play and read stories about him while he was playing. The one key difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James is that LeBron James is a nice guy. Michael Jordan is a fucking dick. For sure. Why? That's why he's such a fucking savage. Mm-hmm. That's why he is the best scorer of all time. That's why he is one of the best players of all time. And that's part of the reason right. why that team... Okay, let me refrain, or re, uh, retract my statement. Part of the reason why the rest of the team was as good as they were, not including him, was because he made them better. And they either played well or they didn't play. One of the, that's that's the scenario when you're on a team with Michael Jordan. Right. He made them better, but he was unapologetic as to his methods. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Punching teammates in the face, mm-hmm. not speaking to them for weeks. You know. Um, <laughs> that's the key difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron. You know, Michael Jordan got what he got because he was fucking mean. He took what he wanted. Whereas LeBron, yeah, he works hard. One of the best ever. But he's a nice guy. He doesn't have... Now, when I say killer instinct, I don't mean killer instinct to win, right? He doesn't have the same killer instinct as Michael Jordan because he's such a nice guy. The reason that the argument's dumb to me is because, look... LeBron's better at some things than Jordan was. Jordan was better at some things than LeBron is. But guess what? Magic Johnson is better at some things than the both of them. Right. Larry Bird was better at some things than the both of them. So, like, the greatest of all time, sure, it's probably Michael Jordan. But I think the attitude has a lot to do with it. Unapologetically an asshole. And I think it's taken a toll on his health. Like, looking, seeing, like clips from the show mm-hmm. man he doesn't look healthy i mean he's definitely gained a lot of weight gained a lot of weight his eyes are yellow yeah uh he likes to booze you can tell uh-huh. yeah that's probably because he was such a fucking savage the rest of his life you know what i mean mm-hmm. get i mean if you give your all if you give 110 percent at everything you do because that's one of the famous um one of the most infamous reputations that he had was that he was a sore loser, but not only in basketball, he didn't like to lose at anything. Right. You beat the guy fucking ping pong. He'd want to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes a toll, man. That takes a lot of stress. That takes a lot of energy, <laughs> takes a lot out of you. So maybe that's why he looks like he looks, man. I mean, if you look at some of the other players from his era, they do not look like that. Like Isaiah Thomas, one he's been feuding with mm-hmm. now because in the thing they talk about when the Pistons walk off the court, walked off the court when the Bulls beat them. They didn't shake hands. 
So, of course, Bill Embiid, Isaiah Thomas, they have to respond to that, right? Mm -hmm. It shows how petty these guys are, too, that 30 years later, they're still going at it, at it over shit that happened 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Isaiah said that, you know, Jordan won his titles in the 90s. He didn't beat my team, the Celtics, the Lakers, in the 80s. Well, he ruled the 80s. He ruled the 90s. You know, so now Isaiah Thomas is getting criticized for even saying something like that. And look, I mean, it's interesting, and it's 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 funny to think about. You know, and again, another one of the dumb arguments: Could LeBron have survived in Jordan's era? Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. He not only would he have survived, he would have been one of the best players on the court every single night. But what about flipped? What if it's Jordan? In this era, does he do oh does God. he do as well as he did back then? This, yeah, he would do better in this era. There's no defense played anymore. Yeah, there's no there's no hand checking. There's no nothing. Yeah, right. Jordan would dominate even more in this era. Oh my God, this this the, everybody. Th th that's one of the things too. There, the, this everybody's my friend. Era is what I call it. You know, there are no rivals anymore. Right. in the NBA. Still fun to watch. I still love it, but there are no rivals. There's no like real, like heated, like these two teams don't like each other. These two guys don't, these two superstars don't like each other. You know, LeBron, again, he's such a nice guy. He's out there, you know, playing grab ass with the other star player before the game. Right. Not only their star player, the entire team. Right. You know, um, Jordan would never in a million years go over to Isaiah Thomas or Magic Johnson or Larry Bird or, Gary Payton or Carl Malone and and give him their well wishes. He just wouldn't give him his well. It just wouldn't happen. Um, so no, Jordan would dominate. What were you going to say? Sorry. Well, the, I was just going to say the biggest argument that I have when it comes to who's the GOAT, and that doesn't mean just basketball, that means any sport in general, is that leagues and sports grow and develop through the years and players get better and better. So I, I'm just saying that, you know, like when it comes to basketball play, I mean, I understand that the rules have gotten more lax and people aren't hitting each other and stuff like that. But in general, you probably have a lot of players that are better than those players were back then. You know what I'm saying? I think to an extent in the NBA, I don't see it when we're, when we're talking about going from Jordan's era to the era. Now I could see that, but very, very little. The, the the biggest difference with that I see today there are there are there are, there are evolutions that happen such as the three point shot you know the the euro step for instance crossovers and things like that I think those things you certainly didn't see in that era but there's I don't feel like as a as a as a player Jordan would have had to would have had to have adapted to anything like that if he played today meaning the player that he was in in those days. If he played today, I don't think he would have to, to adapt to any of those things. I think he'd still be the most dominant playmaker and scorer on the court still. You know, he wouldn't need a Euro step, right? He right. wouldn't need to pull up from five feet behind the three-point line like Steph Curry does 16 times a night. He wouldn't need to do it. Right. But that's ultimately what he He's the best playmaker, right? If we're, if we're giving people the GOAT title, mm -hmm. he's the GOAT when it comes to being a playmaker and scorer. Okay, so so let, let let's play this scenario. So, Michael Jordan with any other team in in that time, 
does he do just as well as he did with the Bulls? Because did he not saying that the te- the his teammates didn't have talent before that? I mean, you're talking about Steve Kerr and Tony tu- Kukoc and Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, all these guys. But does he do just as well if he was with a different team? Does he make all the rest of his teammates as good as those guys were on the Bulls? During that era or right now? During that era. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, and then, and then do you think LeBron does the same thing now in this era? Yeah. You think he makes the rest of the team just better, just like Michael Jordan did? Yes. Okay. Not so much now, later in his career, but yeah. five, six years ago, absolutely. You could have okay. put LeBron on the Orlando Magic six years ago. They would have been to the Eastern Conference Finals. He did it when he was on the Cavs. Right. That's the thing. That's the one the one criticism I I hate about LeBron. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Cavs fan, so like I, I I've had a it's been a it's been a roller coaster bag of emotions with me and LeBron, him leaving, him coming back, mm-hmm. him leaving again. But like one of the biggest things that I hated was people don't really talk about the teams that he took or the team that he took to the NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs. You could have put Jordan on that team. You could have put Magic on that team. You could have put Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. None of them would have beat the Spurs that year with the team that LeBron had, right? It's one of the worst teams to make an NBA Finals. And by worst, I mean just overall talent on on the roster, Mm -hmm. right? The Spurs had Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili, Tim Duncan, right? a whole supporting cast of players that were role players that played their role well, right? Just a complete team against LeBron and the JV squad, as far as I'm concerned. You could have put anyone on that team. But then again, as he progressed in his career, I think you could have taken him from the Cavs, put him on another team, and he would have... Now, would he want to, Would he would have won a championship? No, maybe. Maybe not. But he would have... Best believe he would have been in the playoffs, and they would have advanced in the playoffs. So... But that's been my my one defense of him and my one argument of him is that team that he took to the fi- that very first finals he went to. No one in the history of the NBA would have won the finals with that team. They just wouldn't have. Right. But that's just me. I get it. My my opinion. I get it. I'm in, I'm interested to see how this documentary plays out because, like I said, there's only four episodes in. There's ten episodes altogether. And I didn't know what route they were going to take in for in the first place. I thought that I didn't know if this was all going to be about Michael or what, but there's, I mean, of course, Michael is a massive part of every episode, but they go into the background of, you know, Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen and stuff like that from them growing up and then getting into the league. And then, you know, after that, their whole interaction with Michael Jordan. So it's pretty, it's pretty neat to really learn the background of all these guys too. Yeah. I heard that Dennis Rodman episode was, uh, was an interesting one it was but again good. it should be that guy was ahead of his time yeah you know mm-hmm. everything he did at the time was considered taboo and in some ways still is i mean that guy pushed the boundaries in every single way and he didn't really well okay it depends on what you're talking about like okay give, give an example of like what do you mean push boundaries in what way well off the court for sure okay i mean cross-dressed okay. piercings tattoos colored his hair now keep in mind He's doing all this as a black athlete. Yeah. Which is even, you know, we're we're talking about something completely different, mm-hmm. right? 
that was not it, it was not something that you saw a black athlete doing right. right so you know coloring his hair putting on a wedding dress the t- the the piercings the tattoos him being sort of in the limelight with his relationships like he was mm-hmm. he, there was nothing low key about him right you didn't see before him you didn't see an nba player especially a a an african american nba player be so high profile with the things he did in the media and all that good stuff. They didn't like to garner that sort of attention. So he was way ahead of his time, you know, and it's interesting to just see now players and media reacting to it when they look back on it. What would happen if that happened today? Would we have a player that did that today? Well, again, that's why he was ahead of his time. He just was. I did read an interesting article today Something that Ken Burns said. Do you know who Ken Burns is? Why does that name sound familiar? World famous documentarian. He's made documentaries okay. about baseball, uh, nature document, everything, history documentaries. Okay. Um, he said that basically that this documentary is sort of not everything that it should be or could be because there's no way for it to be objective because of how involved ESPN has let Michael Jordan be in the process and the content that's coming out of it. That kind of makes oh, sense. I mean, okay, it okay. has a that's lot to do saying. with, has a lot of control with what's actually being published or put out there or, um, well, well for one, we know who Michael Jordan is and what his attitude is like. So of course he's going to be, but it's not going to be as good if he doesn't have his hand in it. Oh, I disagree. I think it's going to be, I think it goes a different direction if he doesn't okay right i think there there's more to be exposed if he doesn't right Uh, i think there are some limitations because he has his hands in the in the cookie jar but that whatever it's still interesting it's still it's still good to see it's good for young kids to see too another argument i heard is like young kids don't know who michael jordan is they only know about his shoe let me just say this if you're a young basketball player and you're wearing jordan's and you have not once gone on YouTube right. and looked up Michael Jordan, right. you're an asshole. Take off the shoes. <laughs> Take off the shoes. I'm not going to let you wear them anymore. you got to educate. That's like, you know, being a musician and not knowing who fucking Led Zeppelin is. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like being a rapper and not knowing who Tupac is. Right. Like, that's bizarre. I haven't heard a young a young baller say that. Like, I don't know who Michael Jordan is. I just like the shoes. <laughs> But do you know how yeah. much Michael Jordan is worth? You oh know what his God. net worth is? Uh, no. Shot, shot in the dark. No, I know what it is. Shot in the dark. Give me what you, you think know what it is. is. I do. I Googled this the other night. Now, if this is accurate, who knows? I don't remember where I got well, it from, but I just I Googled it and told me what its net worth was. Because of the Jordan brand, I'm going to say half a trillion. Okay, I brought I got 2.1 billion. Oh, I was shooting way high. Yeah. Is that how much he's based actually worth? Based on what based off of the information that I got. Now, you can go ahead and Google it real quick and tell me if you get something different. You got 2. Point what? 1 billion. That's it? That's what I got. I thought that was high. You know how much money a billion oh, that's dollars not high is? At all. That's not high at all, dude. Jordans. <laughs> I know, I get it. Me? I get it. Dude, those are world. I mean, that's he's a cultural icon. Yeah, I know. But he has been for 
what going on 40 years now. So, I mean, the direct, like direct, when you hit search, the first number that comes up is 2.1 billion. He makes 130 million a year from Nike. His original deal with Nike was $500,000 a year. That's so crazy. That's still, that to me seems super low. I don't know. Who are some of the other billionaires? So like Bezos, Bill Gates. I was going to say Bill Gates. Uh, the obvious ones, right? But who are some of the, like Oprah's a billionaire. Yeah. Bezos' wife. <laughs> Ex-wife. <laughs> All in out of control. Um, that seems super low to me, man. I don't know. Well, either way, he's, his kids are doing, his, his great, 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 great grandkids are, they're doing just fine. Yeah. And he's definitely not hurt. Bezos is definitely not hurting right now. No, no. And he was asking for money too. Really? Did you see? Yeah. He was asking for, he was asking for money about something. I'll find it. Well, that was, that was a funny thing too. Oprah was, is start is doing something to raise money. And I saw a comment on Twitter. It was like, hey, you're worth $2.6 billion. Why are you asking the poor for money? Right. She's not asking the poor. She's hoping her other rich friends will donate money to the cause. I, I, get, I get what the criticism of that is. Yeah, I get it. Like, why can't she just fork out a million dollars? I get it. <laughs> but. I've actually heard you say that argument before. What's that? When it comes to like a musician or somebody like that, I think you made it on the show with Garth Brooks at one point because you were just like, if you're Garth Brooks, just give them the money. Give the money. Well, I said that if he's charging people for a live stream or something like that, or like taking yeah. donations for yeah. Well, let's let's. What is he worth? Now we're gonna play the net worth game. But it's the same. I mean, it's it's not the same concept. Or you're saying that it's different because Oprah was trying to get her other rich friends to put in the money versus getting the people to donate money. I don't even know what she was. If I, I'm just saying, okay, the idea behind a celebrity of that, of of her status coming out and saying, "Hey, I'm gonna do this to raise money for the coronavirus or research or whatever the case may be." She's trying to involve people that have money, right? right? That would be the goal. The goal isn't for her to fucking say, let me get money from people who are laid off right now. She's not asking you for money. You can donate if you want, if you fall for it. But really the idea is to get other wealthy people to start donating money. With Garth Brooks, I'm just saying if he was going to take donations <laughs> for a live stream, maybe just do the live stream and then you, you know... <laughs> He's worth three hundred and fifty million. He would be worth a lot more than that if his tour would have been able to keep on running. That's insane. That is insane. Do you uh, do you watch your mom's house or listen to your mom's house? I haven't in a long time. I enjoy the show, but I haven't listened to it in a long time. Have you ever heard their Garth Brooks theories or listened to them talk about Garth Brooks? About him being a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got someone in the trunk or he's got jars full uh -huh. of fingernails somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Garth Brooks has actually put out a statement to them at one point asking them to stop. No, he didn't. Did he really? I'm pretty sure. You, I mean, you uh, could look it up, but I'm pretty sure he did. Unless it was fake. Um, speaking of that, I did see that a certain someone 
had a certain someone's video pulled off the internet about a certain someone. Well, get might have been one of those troll casts. One of the ones that we've talked about. R- really? Yeah. So the person Something who they like were that. trolling on got the video pulled down from the troll. A person they were trolling on, one of their friends, apparently got the video pulled. So this is or tried to legitimizing get the, the argument that he does get videos pulled down from the internet. I can still see it. So they're just alleging that he tried and perhaps failed. Right. I wonder what sources does he go through to try to get it pulled down? The company that kind of controls that whole media conglomerate. Wow. So like there's the media network and then there's the company that runs it all essentially. If I'm saying, I think I'm saying that right, but. So, um, so, for, so like we've said in the past that there is rumor that he basically protects his friends in the, in the industry by doing those kinds of things, trying to save their, you know, save them a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Huh. I don't know if I have a problem with it, but I don't know if I don't have a problem with it at this point. I think it depends on who it is that the video is about. (laughs) Well, if it's a hater, do you care? Well, no, I mean like say it's about a comedian. I think it depends on who that comedian is, what their career looks like, and does it does it really hurt them that much to have that kind of video up there or can they still kind of benefit from it? Do they care about the haters? You know what I'm saying? It, I think it depends on the person. I think it's it's what the hater is saying. So yeah. in this in the in the the video that we're referencing and we've talked about before, you know, said person was accused of being a drug addict. It was stated that he's going to die soon. All very heavy things to be saying. Right. Even if you're joking. Right. Right. Again, I'm using air quotes. Even if you're joking. Uh Um, Still very heavy. So. um, But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Again, I can still see the video on YouTube. So maybe there was an attempt and it was unsuccessful. But um, I thought that was interesting to see. I don't know. The bad thing is, is that if he was successful or not, or maybe even worse that he's not successful, apparently, if you can still see it, that fuel, well, that fuels the fire for the troll cast. 100%. 100%. And this isn't the first one to talk about how this has happened. So it absolutely does. But, you know, again, do you, does it bother you if he did try? I'm kind of indifferent right now, but. I don't know. I just wonder it's still, it's, if I, I just it's wonder still who, up there. if so. I'm wondering who all the parties involved are. That that's that's oh, yeah. that would may, maybe sway my decision as far as how I would feel about it. I think there will be people behind closed doors forever on that, and we're never going to know. It won't be public knowledge ever. Something like that. But are you sure? Into- because if 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 the if this happened to the troll cast, the troll cast knows. And Not they, necessarily. You don't think so? No. No. It could be... Well, that's the thing. It's like... It could be the person they think it is, but they're never going to know that. I think that person would do a very good job of making sure that 
he's not the person responsible or they don't know that he's the person responsible. Okay. Right. Yeah. But there has to be, there has to be some, uh, discretion when it comes to the things that we're talking about, like copyright claims and all of this good stuff, you know, does it cross the line as far as copyright goes, which is ultimately the argument when it comes to these things, you know, putting someone else's content on your show, speaking in a way that crosses the line. What is the line? I don't know what the law says anymore. Like I said, I, I'm, it's definitely changed when I studied media law to what it is now. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, when I studied media law, we didn't have, did we have Twitter at the time? I mean, yeah, we did. Yeah, we had Twitter, but we certainly didn't have the podcast explosion or the YouTube explosion that we're currently in the middle of. So YouTube was around, podcasts were around, but it was nothing like it is now. So I never even thought about that, about are they about podcasts being monitored for those copyright issues? I think they're only being monitored when it's brought to the attempt, when it's right made, it's, it's been made known to the public and to, I don't think they're necessarily being monitored for that. Someone has to, there has to be a complaint, right? Right. You know, if someone takes footage of us and then uses it, right. They don't necessarily have to ask permission, but there are certain guidelines and restrictions that they have to adhere to. Right. Um, again, I don't know what those are. I don't use other people's content. It's weird. I'll never will. So I don't even need to know what they are necessarily. Probably should for the sake of this conversation. But but I guess like we couldn't, I mean, what could any, anybody who took our, okay. So if we use someone else's content on the show, say like at the beginning of the show, I used a, a band song. I didn't Did ask, I, I, th well, this is my scenario. I didn't ask the band. I just pulled the song. I put it at the beginning of the show. Does it matter if I'm not making money off of it? That I use their music. So like now I understand, yes. that, I understand that if we have sponsors that of course we're making money off the show, which technically means that we're making money off of the music that we stole from them to use without asking permission for it. But if we're not making money off of it, how does it matter? I think there's some leniency there. I think there's some leniency there. Now, I, 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 I guess if, um, I guess one part of it could be like, depending on what our co our topics are on our show or what our show is about, it could be, you know, like that band doesn't want their music shined in the light that we're going to put it in because of the things we talk about on our show and stuff like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, mu music's always been a tricky one. I've actually experienced it. it people, one of the people, highlights. people using your music? No, no. So, no. So, I once was in a band that did a cover of a very popular song, and we were selling it, which is, you can't do. Um, we were selling our version of the song, so our cover of the song, which is a no-no. We were... We did it anyway. Uh, I think we were all very ignorant to the, the the rules around that and everything like that. But we did receive a cease and desist letter. Oh, really? From the the management company of the the person of the artist. Okay, so I'm not I'm not gonna one make, of the highlights of my life. I'll be honest. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you say 
any band names or anything like that. But I'm trying to I'm trying to play around this to where I can find out for sure if what I think was it a band that you were not the original lead singer for? No. Okay, never mind then. It wasn't what I think it was then. Fair enough. Okay. Anyway, so um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I know what you're thinking of. It's definitely not that. It's not. No. Okay. Yeah. Are you talking about a cover song that I didn't even sing on? Yes. Like the yeah yeah it's not that. Something okay. something completely oh. different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we played that song once live with me singing. Really? And it was a disaster. So glad we stopped playing it. Your voice just doesn't match it or what? Why has it gotta be me my fault? Why did you auto why did you automatically go to you just couldn't sing it well? Why what 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 the fuck, man? That is not what I just said. What did there, you say? There is a difference between Repeat me saying that you, you can't said. sing it well and asking you if your voice, people's voices don't match songs. That just doesn't mean you're, you can't sing it. It just it's means all right. it. it's all right. You Jesus. ever been to karaoke, bitch? Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, that wasn't it at all, man. Good God. Knocked the wind right out of me. <laughs> well, I want Hit to, uh, I have one last question before, uh, we wrap up and it has to do with the blues. I know. Wow. I know you mentioned quite, the blues like an hour ago and I've been wanting to bring it back to you, but have you seen the rumblings going around about the blues possibly hosting the Stanley cup finals and stuff and then bringing back the NHL this year? No. Where you, did you see this? Uh, Google it right now. Should I did I not, I did, I did not, I did not make this up. Look up, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you would Google, to be honest with you. So the first thing that comes up says Blues to furlough staff says there's no certainty when games slash concerts will will return. Okay. Look up Blues Stanley Cup 2020 or something like that. See if it brings up anything. Because there's been a lot of arguments back and forth that I've seen on social media. Some people saying that they would love to see hockey come back, but they don't think it's a good idea. And then I've seen the other side, which is like, this would be freaking awesome. Did you see this on Facebook or something? Yes, but I've seen several articles from several places. What are your sources? I don't know. I know I'm a terrible person. I teach you to be media literate, man. I'm not finding anything. Hang on. I'm just seeing from the Bleeding Blue blog that St. Louis Blues, if season canceled, no cup should be given. That's a given. Blues exploring... Uh, here we go. from the St. Louis Business Journal. Blues exploring the possibility of hosting the Stanley Cup playoffs. This was on the 28th of April. Okay. From the Winter Classic to the Stanley Cup to All-Star Weekend, St. Louis has showed it can hold its own when it comes to hosting major sporting events. That's why when the NHL thinks of four cities to host the remainder of the regular season in Stanley Cup playoffs, St. Louis is in the mix. And this is from Jeremy Rutherford, basically the guy for reporting Blues news. Um, I've interviewed people within the league who think the Blues do a good job, as good a job as anybody, any team in the league with hosting these types of events. He also said the NHL is looking for cities that can hold multiple teams at multiple facilities. And with Centene Community Ice Center, the Mills, and Maryville University's hockey rink, St. Louis checks those boxes. I think that's got to be a big appeal. You're talking about an $80 million practice facility that has three indoor sheets of ice and an, an outdoor one as well. 
They're going to be looking for the opportunity for a number of teams to get on the ice and practice. You also have to factor this equation in renovations done at Enterprise Center. It's a tremendous building now. That's interesting. But that does make total sense, the part I just read about. Look, if the playoffs do, if the season continues and there needs to be playoffs, we need to have it in a place where multiple teams can practice at once. You can have multiple events, et cetera, et cetera. Whether there are fans there, maybe it's in the article. I didn't obviously didn't go far enough, but that's interesting, man. I'm all for that. Why not? Yeah. And there, that is a good point about all the facilities we do have. Um, that's if, great. If, if, that ha- if that happened, would they be? I mean, because MMA is not really a season sport. Would that would hockey be the only sport that came back after this year? Is every other sport nixed it for the rest of the year or no? Oh, the NFL is like coming season? back. The NFL is coming back. They are. There's, there's nothing. The NFL is going to start on schedule. Okay, so I'm talking about sports that are like at the end of the season now. Well, which well, which ones do we have? So we have the NHL, the NBA. That's really it. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I mean, in how would you if if hockey came back tomorrow? How would you like to see them play out the rest of the season? Would you just say whatever the points are for each team right now, uh, or or when when everything was shut down, where whatever teams were, whatever their points were there, that's where they start and finish out the rest of the season, and then however that plays out as far as playoffs go and all that kind of stuff, that's just how it goes. Yes, every team has the same amount of points they had, and then you play the remainder of the games that are left. And you don't think they're should be any argument in there as far as the, the only reason I say that is because like if you have teams who you know are going to beat other teams and would have you know almost like guaranteed points during this shutdown kind of a thing I could see where arguments could be well how are they guaranteed well not, not necessarily guaranteed but so like when things were shut down, if you had hockey teams who were looking at their schedule moving forward and they, you know they knew, not necessarily knew, but in air quotes, they knew they're going to knock off this team and get these points on their way through, Yeah, they don't get those games now, which could have helped them in the future. So You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's you know, yeah. It may be reaching. I'm just saying that there, there's probably some arguments that could be made. Oh, yeah. There's always going to be arguments made, but I think at the end of the day... Uh, it's. I think the scenario I just said probably would be the easiest, right? Especially if they have to shuffle to have, you know, where games are being played. Are there going to be fans involved, et cetera, et cetera? I think it's an easier situation to explain if, hey, the standings remain the same, and we're not going to make up any games. We're not going to make them play a longer season because that's you know the players have had plenty of time off, but that's still for them to play extra games. Right. And for, for hockey to extend the season in general. Exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. I mean, because you already if you are someone who makes it to the Stanley Cup playoffs, if you're one of those two teams, I mean the are uh the Stanley Cup finals, if you're one of those two teams, don't you only end up with like a month off? It's not before very long. before you get back into it again? It's not very long. Yeah, it's uh-uh. like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm all for, I, I want it to come back. I'm all for that. I hope it does. Cause I did put money on the blues repeating. So, oh, nice. And I never won bets. So maybe <laughs> they can, 
make me a winner. Okay, I have, I I have one more question for you, and we don't have to dig deep into it. I just want to know, have you seen Dana White posted and said that they are doing three UFC events back-to-back-to-back within like a week? Are they the, yes. the 9th, the 13th, and the 16th? Something like that, yeah. Have you seen the other two cards for the 13th and the 16th? Has no. he Have they shown them? I don't think so. Man, we're what, two weeks out? Yeah, we're two weeks out from the from the 13th. 249. Well, no, the the 249 is on the 9th. So the the right. thir- the 13th would be 250. So I or I guess is that how they're playing it or are they doing like fight nights or something? For the uh, for the 13th and the 16th, do we know? Drew Dober versus Alexander Hernandez in the works for May 13th UFC event. That just for a fight or for a headline? With the addition, the the current UFC lineup for May 13th includes Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira, Ben Rothwell versus Ovin St. Preux, Carl Roberson versus Marvin Vittori, Andre Arlovsky versus Felipe Linz, Sajari Eubanks versus Sarah Moras. That's, that's a really good card. Now, Alex Smith and... Uh, Glover was already set Anthony to be. What I say, Alex. Sorry. Alex. Sorry, yeah. Anthony uh, Smith and Glover to share. Those were that was a fight already set to happen at one point, yeah. right? And it got canceled. Yeah. Yes. Let me see if I can find something for May nineteenth, May sixteenth, sixteenth. Right? Yeah. Did it say anything? Are they are they going to make it like an actual UFC pay per view event, or is it going to be like a fight night thing? Do we know? Like two fifty uh, and two fifty one, or it didn't say. I can't imagine that, well, I don't know. May 16th, Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem. Eric Anders versus Christoph Joko. Anthony Hernandez versus Kevin Holland. Marlon Vera versus Song Yadong. Edson Barboza versus Dan Ige. Jared Gordon versus Sean Woodson. Darren Elkins versus Nate Landwar. Dante Mays versus Rodrigo Nascimento, Mara Romero Barella versus Courtney Casey, and a name I cannot say versus Mike Davis. I'm gonna be honest. I think I only knew like one person on that card. What? I don't well, know. You know the headliner. I, who was it? Walt Harris versus Alistair Overing. Oh, okay, sorry. I know two you know then. Who? or three. Three. Eric Anders. Then. Eric Anders, former okay. Alabama, Alabama football okay. player. I know Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza. Ige was on one of the pay-per-views we just did an MMA on the mic for. Okay. Darren Elkins, you should know. Either way. Oh, well. Anthony Anyways. Hernandez versus <laughs> Kevin Holland's a good fight. I'm excited for that. I like Kevin Holland. Okay. So, well, I hope that happens, man. It's going to give me something to do around my house. Right. Something to watch. Well, I'm hoping, uh, I know I've mentioned it several times, and I've, I've been in contact with Matt to find out if we can do an MMA on the mic for... The ninth. Are you available for that if we can do it? Yeah. Even if we do it through Zoom? Sure. I don't know how much content I'm going to be worth, but... Well, I mean, are are you against doing it in person? I don't know. Where are we going to... Where would we do it at? a little over a week away. I think we can do it at a studio. I don't know. Let me think about that. Then it would just be us, like us four, and then whoever, if we brought our significant others or whatever. Mine definitely would not come. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. 
Yeah. I don't know. Let me think about that. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a pussy. <laughs> That's pussy. right. I asked, I asked Joel the other day. I, I sent out that message about our float trip this year. And I said, are you going to go or are you scared? And he was like, so we're going to do one person per raft with masks. And uh, like he, he mentioned like the 12 or like 12 foot distancing and stuff like that. And I'm like, for a float trip, really? It's like it's in August. I think I think that things will be OK by then. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Coronavirus don't get into the woods. Uh, but, it's it's uh, not yeah, on the river. Well, <laughs> clearly, you're still alive. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a baby by then. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're close. Yep. Is that scaring you yet? Like making you nervous? Not yet. Not yet? Nope. You think it will? Like once you get to like a week before? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the closer we get, the the more nervous I'll get. But no, I feel pretty good right now. We'll see. That's I good. I, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, to be honest. I'm trying, I'm trying not to stress about it at all. So... I'm not the one that should be stressing. I'm not carrying the damn thing. So you got a point. <laughs> if I did stress about it, I get kicked in the nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, I was starving, starving like Marvin in a vegetable garden. I could eat. eat. I could eat. All right, well, let's get out of here then. Holla. Yeah. Out. <laughs>